Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We started this podcast because mental health is complicated and the stigma surrounding it can make us feel alone. So we are here to share authentic stories in order to normalize and prioritize mental health. We believe in professional therapy. We both use it on our own healing journeys, but we also know it isn't one size fits all. So we are here to provide tools from our own experiences, as well as those from our guests and professionals that come on the show. Thank you for being here as we navigate the complexities of mental health and mental illness together. Remember, hold on, warriors. We're going to make it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. We are together this week in person, and yeah. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, it's rare, and I miss this mic. I miss <laughs> kissing this mic a lot. I think this mic makes me feel more professional. Don't be jealous, Mike. Boyfriend Mike. <laughs> that was such like a, a dad Philadelphia joke. joke. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not even sorry about it. No. I love dad jokes and puns. We hope that you enjoyed last week's episode on being lucky. I'm sad to report that most of you said you weren't lucky in our Instagram poll. <laughs> that does make me so sad. So hopefully you listened and switched your your belief just, just to try. So uh, Randy re- listened to the episode and messaged me and said he was cracking up at my public apology. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. He liked mm-hmm. it. He did. He liked it. He appreciated it. Yeah. I texted Mike and I said, good morning. I was like, guess what day it is? And I didn't let him answer. So I texted back and I was like, the day your girlfriend publicly apologizes to you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can get old Mike back. So this week, as an unqualified therapist, I did some research and very unqualifiedly diagnosed myself with two more things. Oh, dear God. (laughs) I was like, no. And I actually said it out loud. I was like, no, (laughs) because it's like, I was like, why is it its own thing? Like, can't generalize anxiety disorder just kind of like, we'll just take that as an umbrella. I feel like we also need to note that Amy is also going to be talking about hypochondria. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is no longer called that. Oh, it's not. I know. And that's also now why it's its own fucking thing. Ah, okay. So it's not something new. This is something you've had then. Oh, we're going to get into it. No, it just means that it's like not a funny joke now. It's like a mental disorder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it always has been. I know, but I always made it a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mm. I'm really sorry. I feel like I was in on something that you weren't in on. Like, girl, I knew you had that. I'm really sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Awesome. Like, the whole world knew, but me. Like, I'm on the Truman Show. I'm like, oh, okay. That's not news. Okay, great. Awesome. So, since you all already knew, now I know that I have another mental health disorder. Yay! I'm going to wear it as a badge of honor, because I'll tell you how I'm overcoming it. Until then, the whole topic was, Sarah was like, let's look at and talk about intrusive thoughts again i thought that was something else than what it actually is and i think that's what's hard sometimes with these words that people throw around Mm -hmm. that have to do with your mental health Mm -hmm. i think that they are used incorrectly um i was using it incorrectly you don't mean to misuse it right yeah it's just you don't know and so we're gonna kind of try to straighten that out a little bit we try to talk about these things that are as dr katie calls them like pop psych so, you know, things that are kind of popularized. Or sexy. That's or my sexy. favorite thing is when she calls them sexy. <laughs> In the psychology world where people start talking about them and you start to see it on social media and t- discussions about it. And then we just kind of want to write the ships. 
and say, this is yeah. what it actually is so that you can have a better understanding. So I said, Sarah, you go ahead and take those intrusive <laughs> thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and run with something else. Secretly, I was like, I'm going to figure out what the fuck's wrong with me with this other thing that's going on. And so that's where my research, I was like, maybe there'll be a thing that'll tell me. And I really don't know. I just think I have it all. <laughs> oh, well, I cannot wait to dive in to hear these new diagnoses you have. <laughs> have you ever been cooking something like making pasta and you're boiling water and you think what if I just put my hand in this pot of boiling water no 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 me either <laughs> that's bullshit you so I have. have yes I have but immediately and I'm like what the fuck <laughs> and it freaks you out it freaks me out and I was just like why would I even think something like that that's so messed up on a much lighter note have you gone to give a presentation and then begin to worry that you're going to like burp or fart or say orgasm instead of organism? <laughs> <laughs> and then you focus on it so much that you're like absolutely sure you're going to completely embarrass yourself. Have you ever done that before? No. Me either. <laughs> JK. No, I totally have. In school, did you ever have that kid? There's, I feel like everybody has the story of where either the kid in your class or you in your class said orgasm instead of organism in science class when reading aloud from the books no and i'm catholic oh. i wouldn't have even known what that was i we totally i wasn't the person who said it but somebody else did and somebody they, would have had to tell me what it meant they kept saying orgasm instead of organism yeah. and we're all like oh jeez, oh, oh like everybody's like, like giggling because we're like in sixth grade and oh i would have bad. been the one who had no idea what's going on i didn't know what it meant i just oh, you just giggled with the rest of them well, i just knew that it was something naughty yeah kind of like when they're like <laughs> turn to page 69 i was like i have no idea but that's funny because right. everybody else is laughing exactly <laughs> yes. So according to the DSM-5, intrusive thoughts are recurrent and persistent thoughts, urges, or images that are experienced at some time during the disturbance as intrusive, unwanted, and that in most individuals cause marked anxiety or distress. And the thoughts, impulses, or images are not simply excessive worries about real-life problems. So that's kind of an intense description of what it is. It's hard to quantify something from that. It does need to be persistent. I think because this definition is coming from the DSM-5 is that this is mm, when it's yes, tied to a diagnosis. a diagnosis. So you can still have intrusive thoughts. Actually, every day we have more than 6,000 thoughts, which is like bananas to me. Some we notice and can brush off as background noise, but then there are the others. The ones that creep in as disturbing and sometimes can be shameful. These are considered intrusive thoughts. There are some common ones and everyone has them from time to time. But as we know, mental health conditions can make, you know, how often you have them and how severe they can be much worse. So if you have a condition like OCD or PTSD or anxiety, that can have a large impact on us when it comes to intrusive thinking. So they can be a floating, passing thing that only happens one time, but they become a mental health issue when they become what's considered as sticky. So you can't- That makes sense. Yeah, you can't seem to get rid of them. And so that's where I guess it comes in as the, like the recurring persistent. Yeah. GoodRx.com gives some common examples of intrusive thoughts. So I just wanna give a little trigger warning here because some of these can be perceived as really disturbing. But what I think we can learn from talking about these is that you are not alone in having thoughts that can shock and like disarm you. So the first one is the thought of hurting a baby or child. And I think this occurs a lot in new parents. You may have experienced an intrusive thought about your baby's well-being. So your thoughts might be related to an accidental harm, but you can also have intrusive thoughts that could be about you yourself harming your child on purpose. Yeah. And one study estimates that nearly half of new parents have had that intrusive thought. Yeah. And yeah. you'll have the thought and you freak out. Yep. And as long as it's a passing thing that comes through and it's not that persistent thought mm -hmm. and recurring thought, mm -hmm. then it's it, you're OK. Yeah. You're okay regardless, but you just want to reach That's out for help. I can relate to. I can definitely relate to that. There's so much shame wrapped up in that that I like went and told my doc. Yeah. And she's like, how many hours have you slept? And I was like, <laughs> five in the past week. And she yeah. was like, oh my God, Amy. Very common, just so we all know. So don't feel like you are out of the norm if you've yeah. had those thoughts before. Another one is thoughts of doing something violent or illegal. So intrusive thoughts about being violent or doing something illegal are also common. These are not actions you actually want to follow through with, but the thoughts can make you question yourself. So violent intrusive thoughts can be vivid and cause 
a lot of distress if you're unable to brush them off. You're making a face. I want to know what's in there. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Told my therapist, don't worry, it's all fine. <laughs> all normal, everyone. Guys, you are getting like some dirt on us right now. So I'm like, you're going to get some stuff from both of us. Trust me. <laughs> But hopefully you're sitting there thinking, thank God I'm not the only one. That is the purpose of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is thoughts that cause doubt. Doubts are one of the most common types of intrusive thoughts. So they can be about big or small aspects of your life. So you could have an intrusive thought that could cause you to doubt your relationship with someone, cause you to question your sexual orientation, or you may doubt smaller things, parts of your life, like Did you turn off the stove? Did you turn off your curling iron? Did you lock the door? Did you send your text message to the right person? I have had that. Wait, that's an intrusive thought. So think about it. Have you ever sent? Oh, no, no. All of the things you just said are things I can't deal with on a daily. Yeah. Yeah. So things that you know that you did or didn't do, but you still obsess over. Did I actually do that? You know, like you drive back home. Yeah. Unlock the door, even though you're late. Go Mm -hmm. back upstairs. Make sure it's off. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the text message to the right person, though. Oh, that happens all the time. And I've oh. gone back and checked again. And then I exit the text message. And then I go back in and I'm like, am I sure? Did and I then send I it to the right person? It, like as if it didn't happen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't even know. Yeah. I've also <laughs> panicked about screenshotting like a conversation with someone and then sending yes. it. I'm like, what if I send the send screenshot to the person? To the person. That I'm screenshotting. Yes. And now I'm thinking, who's screenshotting my text? Because you know somebody <laughs> is. Same. Same. <laughs> They're probably like, look at this wackadoo. Listen to what she oh, just said. They're probably just sending around the our uh, our podcast to like, these two. Oh look at this episode. <laughs> I knew she'd turn out weird, but geez. <laughs> It's definitely happening, and I'm okay with it. If it makes somebody else out there feel better, I'm down. Yeah, hell yeah. Another one is unexpected reminders about painful past events. So some people will experience unwanted intrusive thoughts related to trauma and past trauma. So they are triggered usually by something around you. So you could have like a certain scent, or you could be in a certain location, and it will trigger an unwanted memory. Sometimes, though you may not know that that scent is what caused it or the location is what caused it and you don't know what has triggered this memory and it kind of pops into your head seemingly very random and it feels like a really bad intrusive thought. That is actually my recurring one that I have. I don't even know what happened. I don't even know what triggered it, but I I was with my mom when she passed away and I don't know if I've said this on here before, but I know I've said it to Amy. So this is like something you already know, but like the face that she was making as yeah. she passed away, I expected it to be like her smiling. Cause she was like seeing my dad or like seeing the light and seeing my brother or whatever. And it wasn't, it was like a look of fear and that has like haunted me. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, her face, like that facial expression and like that face will pop into my brain and I can't get rid of it. And so I know that that's actually tied to like a PTSD response. We'll talk about how to like move through them in a little bit. I do have methods of of moving through it. It hadn't happened in a while and it just kind of popped up the other day. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know where it came from. I have no clue. And then I was thinking maybe I heard like a specific. Oh, I actually. Oh, you just realized it? it? I just realized it, what it was. I was in a retail shop and the beep of the scanner oh, it was the same as the heart was the same as the like monitors all the stuff that was in the room with us wow weird yeah so that's that is where that thought came from and knowing the triggers are very important as well as we talk about that and later. i think that's what makes this so complicated is because now ptsd and trauma is like <laughs> intertwined with intrusive thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have to have ptsd or trauma to have an intrusive thought right <laughs> Like you could just want to dip your hand in the pot. Exactly. Without anything else fucked up happening to you. <laughs> right. Okay. I just wanted, I just wanted to summarize for the yes. people out there Yeah. and myself. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> cool. And so here's one that you're going to be able to relate to Amy. And the next one is worries about catching germs or serious illness. So you can have concerns about contamination or germs. And those are very common intrusive thoughts. So you could just worry about getting sick or you could worry about spreading illness, even if the risk is low. But this is, I feel like with the pandemic happening, this is probably something that has really 
upped its game. Like I think that probably a lot more people have this intrusive thought. Because of the pandemic, in what I read, they kind of shifted that to worry over anxiety Mm. because it's based in reality. Right. Okay. So there is a realistic disease like we know Mm -hmm. so you should wash your hands more you should wear a mask you should be cautious in public and I was thinking so I was like understanding a little bit of the difference between a a real worry and like an anxiety worry yeah I just wanted to pop back into the article that I read because I was like oh when was this written was it written before the pandemic it was not it was written in 2021 Hmm. that lists these common ones But I guess, okay, so it says spreading illness even when the risk is low. So I'm wondering if they are referring to more than just, I'm sure they're referring to more than just COVID. You could be thinking about other kind of illnesses, I guess. But I think probably the pandemic brings forward to the front of the mind everything else we can catch to, like all the other illnesses that are out there. And I mean, okay, so here is the difference between that and like, Reality, And I've said this to Sarah before. I don't think I've said it on here. And this is probably some other sort of like, I think it's like a somatic something. I don't even know. But like when my dad was diagnosed with MS because of his leg, my leg didn't work for two days and I had to stay in bed. It is. It's psychosomatic. When he was diagnosed with colon cancer, all of like, I know that colon cancer is not your actual butt. Like, I know that. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Because what if there's other people out there that feel like these things? So, <laughs> I know it's not your butt, but my butt hurts. <laughs> Literally. And I could not get a colonoscopy scheduled fast enough. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. Oh. It's okay to laugh. Yeah, I know. It's really okay. I just okay. feel bad, though. No, I feel it's bad. really okay. And I think it's just important to say these things out loud because other people aren't going to, and they're probably at home like, I'm such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> so, but I was convinced I had MS, and I was mm-hmm. convinced I had colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And no one was going to tell me otherwise. Mm. Our poor doctor, Sarah and I also share this <laughs> We actually share the same PCP primarily on purpose because she puts up with us. Oh, yeah. No, our, our PCP is on purpose. That's right. Our therapist was not. That no, was an accident. The PCP. Yes. Is, I was like, listen, she listens to me when I have concerns. Listen, and that's all I needed. <laughs> and yes. I was and I told her the situation and I was like, and now my tailbone hurts. And she <laughs> looked at me with straight face. This lady, God bless her. She's so sweet. Too. She's so sweet. She didn't laugh. She didn't do anything. She's like, do you like. It, will it make you feel better if I like look at it? <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh I was God. like, what if there's like a mass? And she was like, oh, Amy. She was like, get this scheduled like tomorrow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, you know, here's here's what was what was great, and here is what makes me know that I'm moving past some things, even though it sounds absolutely fucking crazy right now. Is that when I got the results of the colonoscopy, I believed them. That's wonderful. And that's not normal for me. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was able to take that and literally pick it up and put it over somewhere else mm-hmm. and then like care for my dad, you know? Yeah. So that is part of these whack ass thoughts that we can have. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not the only one out there. So No, you're not. You're not. I know. I know. I know people. I mean, every single one of us, when my dad was diagnosed with colon cancer, I was 20 years old. My sisters were in their 30s. My mom was in her 50s. And we all were like, colonoscopies, please. Like, all of us got them. Yeah. Like, one right after another. And we were, like, too young. They were like, but it's fine. We'll do it. The Cleveland Clinic. I was like, God bless you, Cleveland Clinic, for taking a 20-year-old and doing a colonoscopy because... You just need peace of mind. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting because I was kind of looking at like what causes the what causes you to have these things and there's many many things. I think I was born with it to tell you the truth because like you know how memories are weird. Mm-hmm. Like I have a memory now I know that this is impossible for me to have because of my parts. But I have a memory of being in the mall, like the old school like if you're from around here old school Westmoreland Mall in Greensburg. And in the limited with my dad and I was crying and I was a child. Like I wasn't even shopping. I think I was like, I don't know, 10 or something, 11. He's like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I think I have prostate cancer. (laughs) He was like, what? What? I was like, I heard it on the news. Oh. 
breaks my heart. Yeah, and that's one of like 20 examples. Yeah. Oh my God, that breaks my heart. That makes me so sad for little Amy. Little Amy was so scared. He was like, I promise you, you do not. And I was like, no. Aww. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just your brain, your mind, as beautiful as it, as it is, can fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the next one is also kind of what I referred to earlier is concern you might do something embarrassing. So you might have just a recurring worry or intrusive thought about embarrassing yourself in front of other people. So it might be about shouting, like yelling something like inappropriate that where you shouldn't. That can happen. I've definitely had the... <laughs> those thoughts before and then it makes it really hard to not do it sometimes because then you start focusing on it really Mm -hmm. i wonder if the giggles count as that when you have the giggles in an inappropriate situation when you're not supposed to be laughing so you know you're not supposed to be laughing so then you can't stop yeah maybe maybe i think of like just doing something completely ridiculous like i don't know if everybody's silent just being like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know or like or like you know sitting in a meeting and just being like fuck Right. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. I wonder if that's just a daydream. No, though. not fuck this. I'm out. Cause like that, I mean like that would be like, okay, bye. You're out. Yeah, but like, that's true. But that's more true. like, fuck this. And yeah. then just be like, okay, so Joe, what were you thinking about Monday's meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. We can do exactly. it on Zoom. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> just ignores it. That'd be great. That'd be so great. That would be awesome if you could just scream out, just whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I always feel better when I yell or scream. Yeah. Do it into a pillow, I guess, when you're at home. But what is helpful for me in knowing this, because I think this is my, one of a very common thought that I have, is doing something like embarrassing or inappropriate in a space we're not supposed to, is that it can be related to a past memory. Like if you felt really embarrassed as a child, like if you yeah. had a situation when you were a child that you... It was very embarrassing. I wonder if that's an intrusive thought when you replay something like that, that actually did happen, like an embarrassing situation, or if that's just anxiety. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at 20 pages of notes confused <laughs> as fuck, so I, don't ask me. I have no idea, okay? Dr. Katie, tell us. Is that what that is? Let us know. We'll tell you. We'll report back. <laughs> the last one is really hard for me to swallow. Like, I have a very hard time even, like, saying this but intrusive sexual thoughts. So GoodRx in this article says that you're not alone if you have unwanted thoughts related to sexual acts that you consider taboo. So that can be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. It can be difficult to talk about intrusive sexual thoughts, which may prevent you from reaching out for help, but I implore you to please do that if it is something that is not legal. legal. Yeah. Get your kink on otherwise. Yeah, hell yeah, get your kinks on. I, I am here for it, you know. The if it's, illegal things we're talking about here. Yes, no, yeah, that, no. Exactly. That's just no. No Mm-mm. kink shaming here. Do your thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if it's illegal, you got to go talk to somebody. Go get some help. Yes. This fucking episode. I'm passing the torch to you, yeah, Amy. Back to you in the studio, Jim. <laughs> back to you, Amy. Okay. So, yeah, she's passing it to me and I'm like, huh? <laughs> so, I'm going to kind of like take you down where I was starting to think as I decided I wasn't going to look up intrusive thoughts. I wanted to see what other things I could research about our thinking. And so one of the things I came upon was racing thoughts. The difference between intrusive and racing is literally in the name. It's the with quickness. Like it's fast moving, often repetitive thought patterns on a single topic or multiple. And I thought... I was having racing thoughts, but that's not what's going on with me. You know, sometimes it is, but like your mind is going a mile a minute and it can't stop. Like it's just going, 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 and you can't shut your brain off and it's difficult to focus on a task. Maybe it is me. I don't know. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) Hi. I'm the problem. Um, You keep thinking about a problem and you blow it out of proportion. Hmm. And this one, I even pulled out my trusty highlighter because um, I just lied to you all. I actually have racing thoughts. Um, This (laughs) one is definitely I have worked on a lot, but comes out in stressful times. And it's catastrophizing or thinking worst case Mm. scenarios. So playing that game of worst case scenario with everything quick little story that i have to say like oh thank god i'm like 
I'll say it and then it'll come back, right? I'd like to say I'm healed from it. But anytime there was a siren, I would call everybody that was, that I loved that lived near me. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. That sounds like an OCD response. Yeah. So let's go ahead. Add another one, girl. Oh, no. Because you don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be able to move on until I got a hold of everyone. Now I'm like, nope no we're not doing that we're not doing that mm-hmm. like it could just be like you know and i, ca- I come up with like a, a really low-key scenario of something you know and so it can cause insomnia obviously <laughs> i don't know sure. how it couldn't right there's a lot of mental health disorders that are, are tied up in this and so this could be your anxiety it can be adhd ocd and one thing i did want to talk about is bipolar disorder because in a different way, I experienced racing thoughts with Scott. It was my one of my telltale signs that he was in a manic episode is it was so fast. So whatever was going on in his brain so fast, he spit it out too. Mm, so it okay. was just like, it was f- so fast that like, and it probably felt like his brain was going to explode if he didn't get it out because it was just going, going, going. That's wild too, because I always attributed what I was thinking when I would catastrophize as an intrusive thought. I guess that's where there's like overlap. I think it's overlap. Amy B is a little confused right now (laughs) because then it led me to ruminating. Yeah. I want to think about this for a second. If I couldn't get a hold of my mom before she passed, she passed suddenly. So it wasn't like she had this like long-term illness or whatever. So I didn't have a reason to think that something was wrong if she didn't answer her phone. However, if I called her and she didn't answer her phone, my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, she's dead in her chair. That was like the first thing I would think of. And I would call and call and call. Every single time that you or my dad or Mike or Lily or my mom do not pick up every single time dead like there's no in between just dead yeah you're all dead (laughs) why why do I do that you guys she looked me dead in the eyes (laughs) I was like pick up your fucking phone you're all dead so I'm like oh god I have to pick up the phone from now on I cannot not answer the phone now I try so hard to only call once and just like deal with the repercussions of it all. But I truly, I don't know where else to go with it. All right. So the idea of ruminating thoughts is that you're repeatedly thinking the same negative thoughts over and over again. And it's only different from racing because of the speed of them. It could be that you just are constantly trying to solve this problem that you have. All of the things we're talking about, I have a touch of. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you guys can all laugh in your cars right now as you're listening to this. You're like, touch of, oh, honey. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm very clear on my situations. I'm a highly functioning person. So yes, you are. Absolutely. I have, I have worked through a lot of this. But I will say that, you know, this anxiety, this worry, these things that come into, this is why I think, You know, it irritated me that the answer to all of these was meditating. And I'm like, don't you understand that is the opposite? Because like a second I quiet my mind, because you have to train your mind. I know all Mm -hmm. of that. But like the second I quiet it, which is why I can't fall asleep at night. It just like floods. And I think of all these things. Last night I couldn't sleep. And so I'm going to read some of them. And I only am reading these because I think that some of you probably lay in night lay in bed at night and think like this tiniest backstory um a wrestler a famous wrestler died very upsetting to mike i mean it's a very upsetting story his two daughters got hurt as well it was just very terrible Mm. so here's how it goes and i'm like typing as it's coming in my head come to think of it a car accident can happen at any time and change everything and then my brain was like you haven't worried about a car accident in a really long time you better worry about it so it doesn't happen. So I'm obsessed with tattoos right now because I'm about to get another one. So I was like, I don't really like that too. I want tattoo. I wonder what it would be like to cover that up. Should I get the flowers on my arms, black and white or color? Oh my God, I have so much to do. I should have taken Avery to learn how to ice skate. He doesn't know how and he's going to hate this birthday party. <laughs> my stomach is really messed up still and I haven't figured it out. Why have I not thought about that? So I need to call and find out how much that surgery is going to cost. Gosh, my insurance. I don't even understand it. Should I even have it? I need to finish writing this damn book. I will feel so much better when I do. Actually, I really miss him and memories are weird. They might not even be true. I'm not loving my body and I told everybody I love my body. Oh my God. (laughs) Why are my jeans tight today? (laughs) Should I forget everything that I know and believe and just go back to dieting? I probably could. Avery said he didn't have any friends tonight. It's killing me. Should I call his teacher? Maybe I should call his teacher. My heart really hurts about this. 2023 was supposed to focus around fun and I am not having any fun. 
It's January 19th. <laughs> that was at uh, 12.36 a.m. So I'm about to hopefully make you feel better. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a normal night of me falling asleep. Cool. Yeah. That is a normal train of thought for myself as well. So I hope that that gives you some sort of like... It does. Okay. It does. Especially since like, you know, the butt thing was like, you were like, well, <laughs> no, never did that before. Yeah. No, I think that a lot of us, when we try to fall asleep at night, like that's the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. plays in our brain. It really sucks. It doesn't happen every night. Right. Anymore. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't always need to like take something, do something so I can mm-hmm. fall asleep anymore. But last night was especially rough. And it was just like, oh, my God, please stop. I just wanted it all to stop so bad. So let me ask you a question, because I think this leads really nicely into how we combat all of this. Mm -hmm. Did it help typing all of that out? Did you feel like you were getting it out of your brain space and somewhere else? It did. And that's the whole idea of journaling. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you know anything about morning pages, that's the Mm -hmm. whole idea is the brain dump in the morning. Get it on paper and then there's it frees it up in your brain. Mm -hmm. I actually so it's funny you bring up morning pages because I found I know the concept behind morning pages and I know it's effective. I have found for my mental illnesses, though, for my anxiety and my insomnia to do it at night is doing it at night is so much more effective for me in terms of my health. Absolutely. I can sleep so much better if I just get it out of my brain. What happens to me is it doesn't happen when I'm falling asleep. It happens in the middle of the night. So I can fall asleep really quickly Mm. and then I wake up in the middle of the night and that's what happens. All of those thoughts start going through my head. It's weird. Like how does one even go to the next? I don't know. There's no, that's what I was going to say. Like there's no attachment from one thought to the next. There was no, no transition. No transition. Like, you know, you say a train of thought. It is not a fucking train. It is a pinball machine of thought. Like it just zips, bounces from one thing to the next, making no sense, no connections anywhere. It's wild. A lot of people say, and they've said for years, you know, keep paper and pen on your nightstand for that reason. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, I think it did help. I mean, I was still up for another two hours, but it, it at least made me less anxious And it makes me less anxious, even reading it as embarrassing as it is to everyone and knowing it's there written Mm -hmm. down. It's almost like I can like put it away. Yes, exactly. And also, like you just said, it's like kind of embarrassing. Like when did you say that? I just said that. Okay, I was like, did you say that? Did I make that up in my brain? I don't know why I said it's embarrassing because I'm like, (laughs) yeah. I read back some of the things that I write in the middle of the night and I think like, what the fuck? Like, why was that in your brain? Like, why were you worried about that? That is ridiculous. I know. Seriously, the next day I'm always like, that was the most moronic thing you could have been worried about. And and it can be something so, so stupid. And I will ruminate on it. And I will have racing thoughts on it. And I will have intrusive thoughts on it. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, that was such a non-issue. Yeah, when I woke up, I didn't even remember. All of these thoughts, however you want to put them into whatever category, whatever Venn diagram. I really liked this one article. It was by the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And the the title of the article was Thoughts Are Just Thoughts, How to Stop Worshipping Your Anxious Mind. Oh, that is a powerful headline. Bravo. Chef's kiss to that author. I know. I know. Right. It was very captivating. Yeah. And it made me think and it just was talking about how it feels like your mind is torturing you. It tells you to worry and analyze and seek reassurance. But the thing is, is like you don't have to trust your mind on everything. Yes. Like you do not have to believe it. Consciously, that's a new thought for me. That was something that our therapist told me a while back. And it's actually one of the things that I wrote down as one of the things that helps me to escape the intrusive thoughts was that bit of advice. That I don't have to believe it? Correct. When I read this, this thoughts are just thoughts. I feel like that's like, as soon as I think that, I think of Sarah. I think she says that a lot, right? I think you say that all the time. I do, yeah. And then this just addition here of, you would think like, right, like that you want to trust yourself. There's other things that play in your mind. So it's not all true. Right. But sometimes I think when thoughts come in my head that it's a sign from the universe and therefore I'm definitely dying or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And that that's, that is the nature of anxiety, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, hi. I know. It's me. Hi. Anxiety is a, I, while I have it, it's not my dominant mental illness. <laughs> I 
and when I do have it, I have to say sometimes I feel like it's worse than depression. So I, it makes me sad when I hear you say like that these are things that you experience like on a regular basis. My heart hurts for you in that aspect of things. Kind of hurts me too to say it out loud, but I think saying it out loud is so freeing. Mm -hmm. And I just hope the people out there who have this wildness in their brain, like this fucking party they didn't invite anybody to, <laughs> but they showed up. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you like invite one friend over, your parents are out of town, and fucking the whole school shows up. You're like, nope. Like, how did you get here? And so, oh, that's great. That's my daily life. I don't tell anyone, right? Because that's just weird. I'm sure there's so many people out there who are also just like doing life, but also there's like a fucking rager happening yeah. up there. Aww. And so, you know, you just, you are not alone. And, we have lists upon lists. Sarah's going to start that right now of things you can do. Yes. How do we stop these little fuckers when they start to dig their way in? For me, this is a personal one that I, I love that works for me really well. Visualization really helps. And I've talked about this before on other episodes with other things. In those episodes, it was a visualization of something else. But this time, I was told once by my therapist during a meditation um, that she was leading for me to put the thoughts that I was having on a cloud and watch the cloud float away. Ooh. And this is something that's been really helpful for me personally because it helps you to detach from it and you get to just sort of watch it like dissipate and go float away into the abyss. I also will visualize, and this is a guided meditation that I created myself. <laughs> and you guys, if you're on Patreon, you can absolutely listen to it. But I like to visualize sitting at the ocean with my feet in the ocean and the waves coming up and pulling all of the thoughts and the bad things and the things that are ruminating in my brain, pulling through my body and out through my toes and going and sinking to the bottom of the ocean. That's why yeah. the floats were so good for me. Float tanks or Remember whatever. Remember the float tanks yes. I did? We, yeah. we still have that. And so I have like eight of them that are backed up and I need to go back. I hadn't gone back because the last time I went, I had a panic attack and it was a little bit traumatic. Yeesh. Yeah, it was because of what was going on at work. I see. And I just freaked out. But prior to that, they were amazing. And I think going back, it's an hour of total quiet and like desensitizing completely. And it's like forced. Mm -hmm. I would think that would be torture for you, for someone who, who doesn't, for someone who says they can't meditate and that your brain mm -hmm. can't stop. I would feel like that but would I be can. really hard. I can. And, ah, I, and it works. I see. It's just that like... It needs to actually be a thing. Yeah. You know, that yeah. I'm going and doing. Guided meditation, visualization, those are great. Listen to Sarah's. Sarah's really, really fucking good at it. Thanks. Um, she took me on a, like, forest walk once or something like that. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, I still remember it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I mean, you can find them anywhere. Do it. Yeah. And it will help. Another helpful tip is to be aware of what triggers your intrusive thoughts and then also be aware that these thought processes may happen as a result of those triggers. So then knowing what works best for you in stopping the cycle. Maybe if you're able to avoid triggers that throw you into an intrusive thought cycle, then avoid them. If you're not able to avoid it, then figure out what you can do to get yourself knocked out of it. Another helpful tip, and this is so much easier said than done, is to don't dwell. <laughs> so once you have one of these thoughts, don't put any energy into it. What I mean by that is, there's no reason to try to figure out why you're thinking it or what that thought means or what it says about you. Just let it pass and know that it's a weird phenomenon and just move on. But I feel like that's the first thing that most of us want to do is like, why am I having this thought? Yeah. And what does it mean? And then what do I need to do about it? You don't need to do shit. No. Something I had was very similar to that. So I'm just going to lump it in there. And it's you just say, stop. Mm. Like disrupt it completely. Yes. Yeah. If you have to say it out loud, say it out loud mm. and then change activity. I think that that might help me saying it out loud and basically proclaiming like, nope, not doing this. Right. You could also, you know how people will put like rubber bands on their wrist and yes. snap them when you have thoughts like that. You can do that as well. So if you say stop, that's one option. And then the other thing is, is you can replace it with something else. And if you can't think of anything to replace it with, just say, I'm the luckiest person. Yes. Like, there seriously. There you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm the luckiest person. It won't matter that mm -hmm. I didn't teach him how to ice skate. He's going to have the best time because I'm the luckiest person. <laughs> Everything works out in my favor. Everything works out for me. Yes. You know, but you could just say something like, um, I don't know, or all is well and just switch it. It's like when a child is, it's a redirection, you know, when a child is upset and we redirect them to something else. Yeah. It's the same thing we have to do to our minds. Yeah. 
because I feel like even when we get in those thoughts, I, I kind of feel like a kid. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Right, you know? right. Like, I have to do something to stop it. So that's that's a really good point. I'm just kind of having that like realization. And if that still epiphany. doesn't work, challenge it. I feel like you're in that mood mm. and you're like, fuck you. Challenge it and ask yourself, is this true? Yeah. And is it helpful? Mm-hmm. And can I do anything about it? Yeah, right. So we kind of mentioned before, and this is something that I learned from our therapist, that she really, this was like a life-changing session with her. I left there and it changed the way I thought about everything with these intrusive thoughts, is to remember that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts can lie to you. And that many times my thoughts have lied to me and telling me that I'm not worthy or Mm -hmm. I'm a burden to my family. And so she was always like, well, I'm going to challenge you to give me proof. Show me the evidence. What is the evidence? And I was like, uh, (laughs) because my thoughts tell me that because I say so. And she's like, I bet if I, you know, you start to list evidence, it's going to be all evidence for the opposite of what you're saying. I don't think we want to look for the evidence, though. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she was just trying to make a point in that that session because in those particular thoughts in like, those particular thoughts of yes. like I'm not worthy I'm worthless yes I'm terrible at everything yeah. that sort of thing like okay we're generalizing here yes exactly Friends. right yeah. right because if you're looking for evidence to support what your thoughts are you're gonna find it because you're looking for it so we just want to look for the positive side of things not to get into a toxic positivity spiral or anything we want to focus on what is true and like you said stop and think like is this true and kind of move on because you know you're gonna gonna be like no it's not yeah (laughs) and are you saying yes it is just because you want it to be because you're in that thought cycle right (laughs) no I'm definitely fat like do you know what I mean right yeah that's what I would say to myself man my mind pisses me off sometimes (laughs) just like grief like go both of you yeah go go Go, away go fuck yourself Exactly. Go fuck yourself. Like, seriously. Get away from yes. me. So going back to the meditation discussion, mindful meditation, though, specifically is a big thing for me. I love it. It works for me personally. And it brings me back down, grounds me and back to reality. So that's just it's connecting yourself back to the moment, breaking from whatever cycle you found yourself in. And my favorite one is the five, four, three, two, one. We've talked about it before. Five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. It's super easy to remember because of it being five, four, three, two, one. So you can do it anywhere in any situation in your mind and bring you right back into the present moment. There's a lot of other ones, the body scan. So just like, how do I feel in my head right now? How do I feel in my shoulders? Just, and even if it's a, if you have pain, just notice it and move on to the next body part. And then my favorite one to do at night when I need to fall asleep is tightening every single muscle and then loosening it one Mm -hmm. at a time. And that also brings you right back into your body. Yeah. I think anything that can bring you in the present moment, any sort of grounding technique. And I know it all sounds well and good right now. And then when you're (laughs) in it, you're like, because same for us. Yeah. But these things are good to have in the back pocket in case you can. Mm -hmm. When we talk about our mind not really being our friend all the time. Yeah. Because my mind used to tell me all the time and now still tries to sneak back in, even though I feel like I'd healed this. It was, if you worry about it, mm. you decrease the chances of it happening. Or I think a lot of times that's part of the hypochondriac part is like, if I worry about it, I'll either catch it or somehow I'll force the universe to not make it happen. Hmm. Totally not right. Because you think about when you think about things and you bring them into yeah. existence. I get that. That's I was gonna say, I, I think the opposite where I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Mm-hmm. I can't think about that. I'm going to make it happen if I do. That's the truth. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's more true than what I'm thinking. But that's one of the things that like I've had to work on, not just like now, but all the way back to the beginning years when I was like 18 in therapy. I remember Simon in our episode Mm. in the Movember, he talks about his OCD and he talks about that a lot about how he thought that the more he worried about Mm -hmm. something, the less likely it was. So that's probably, it sounds like a common thing then if it's, yeah, I, for probably, that. I probably have a little touch of that, little, too. A little touch of the OCD. A little touch of the OCD. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't say this in our episode with him because it was so good and it was, the story was about him and I didn't want to like make it be like anything about me or like diminish what he was talking about. But I had a whole year where I had to tap all of the stove things. Really? Was it to check if they were hot? No, the burner, like, knobs. the knobs. Yeah. I had to tap them across and then tap them again and then tap them again so that when I laid in bed, I could remember the tapping, knowing that they were off at each tap. Wow. 
Oh, oh my God. Nobody's going to want to ever be around me again. That is so not <laughs> true. It's not true. Stop. Yeah. I, I don't do that That's anymore. That's an intrusive thought. That is an intrusive thought. I'm going to say one thing about this and one thing only because I don't really want to talk about it anymore. But um, so the word hypochondriac is actually a word of the past. It's a person who has an obsession with the idea of a serious but undiagnosed medical condition. And you're abnormally anxious about your health. Anyways, it is called, ready for it? Yes. Illness anxiety disorder. Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks Cleveland Clinic. That makes more sense. Hypo is a, an odd prefix, so I like that better. Illness, anxiety disorder, it's rare. 0.1% of Americans have it. That is a lie. And here's why I think it's a lie. False. Because I would never actually get a diagnosis of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And would you like to know... I've worked really hard on this. This is one of the big things I talked to our therapist about. I said, I guess that, you know, our time together helped, but I will tell you what's helping more. My new health insurance. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm not paying $1,000. Like, I come right back to reality. Yeah. I'm like... That's true, because your deductible's higher. I'm so like, now that you're doctor like, said it was, nothing was wrong. I don't good. need to go to three more. <laughs> When it was free, I was like, yep, I'm going to go to all three of them. You know what I mean? Yes. But like, you know. That's a little bit of a grounding thing as well. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I feel like it makes sense. And I was like, what a weird way to cure your, I'm sorry, <laughs> illness, anxiety disorder. Yes. <laughs> my uh, doctor in uh, Colorado, my PCP out there, his name was Chris, and he was fabulous. He was also Scott's doctor. And. He really, really enjoyed me, we'll just say. But he got to a point where he like sat me down and he was like, listen, he's like, I just need this when paper files were a mm-hmm. thing. He's like, I just want to show you your file. <laughs> it was so thick. <laughs> he was like, I just, he's like, we've tested you for everything. <laughs> you wore a heart monitor. You've Aww. had EKGs. You've had a CAT scan. Like, I don't know what else to tell you, but like, I'm here and I'm listening, but like, you're fine. You're like 24 and fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, at least he enjoyed you. Like he, like he did. He wasn't annoyed with yeah. me. He was very kind to me. He ordered everything I needed. But then there was a come to Jesus time when he did have to say to me, like, "Aim, look at this," and I'll never yeah. forget it. And for a while, it snapped me back because I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, look at that file, <laughs> Amy." With zero diagnoses. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. but that's, that's, it's a real thing. It like, is. That's it's not, a real thing. And it's now in, in, you know, it's now actually like a real thing that you can go and get diagnosed for. So this episode, wow. I learned I a lot. The tea. Yes. I learned, I learned a lot about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My brain is really a fun brager. <laughs> and I say fun in quotes, like not at all. <laughs> But we're working on it. We're working yeah. on it. We're turning it into a yoga class. <laughs> Transforming it. Anyone oh that doesn't want to do, you know, yoga and meditation, get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Parents get are out. You are home. not invited to this party. I just want to mention one more thing just because I'm actually wearing it today. I bought these when we went to Cleveland for your that birthday. I love that. I bought these mala beads when we were there and then I like left them in the bag and never took them out. Of course you did. Of course I did. Probably in the suitcase. (laughs) No, because you used that suitcase. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's why you had to empty it. Yeah. Um, So I finally took them out just so everybody knows Amy's birthday was in October and I put them on. I did it today and I'm going to continue to do it because it's very helpful because the use of mala beads is for meditation. So you put your fingers on and you say an affirmation or whatever mantra that you want to say. And you touch the bead and you go around and do the entire necklace so that you are repeating the same mantra or affirmation or whatever it is or thought that you want to have around the whole necklace, which is usually 108 beads. So it makes it a little easier to keep track so you don't like maybe even get into like a spiral of that. Yeah. 
I like that. I like that. And I think that something that I do that I could add an affirmation to or something is like when I'm really stressed, I touch my each finger to my thumb Mm -hmm. and I go back and forth and I count usually just to like say something to have some sort of grounding thing. If you don't have the necklace, you could do that. Yes, you definitely can. I actually, I used to do that with the kids all the time when they would get really worked up about something. We would touch each finger to their thumb and say, because it matches right with your four fingers and your thumb peace begins with me oh I love that and so you just keep saying peace begins with me and then you say it out loud and you get quieter each time until Mm. you're whispering and then until it's just a thought Hmm. so you can keep doing that too I forgot about that and I'm gonna bring that back with my kids because it really helped and worked with them yeah now I just gave my tell (laughs) so if you see me out (laughs) Mm -hmm. in public and you see me doing that you know I'm a little bit anxious but you too can have a successful life with all of the raging in your head um (laughs) It's possible. I am We're happy to, tell to you. say that, you know, it's possible. Yeah, definitely can. You Absolutely. do not need to be paralyzed by your anxiety, everyone. You really don't. Medication therapy, all of these things we're talking about, they all help in conjunction with one another. Just reach out, do the things you need to do. If you're not talking to someone, try to get in and see somebody. Absolutely. If you have the ones that are sticky and if they're not sticky and they're just a one-time thing, watch them float away. (laughs) Say bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you all for listening in another week. Hopefully this helps a little bit. You feel less alone. I feel a little bit embarrassed, but I'm going to put it out there that it's because somebody out there needed to hear this. Yes. And I just really, really want you to know that we do this so that you know that you are not alone and you're not the only one. We hope that you have a wonderful week. And stay wild. And weird warriors. We love you. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. All episodes are mixed, mastered, and produced by me, Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this one, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Or share us with a friend, relative, coworker, hairstylist, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Sharing us not only helps keep the mics on, but it furthers our mission in removing the stigma. If you have a mental health journey you'd like to share, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com or reach out to us on our website, www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. Until next time, hold on, warrior. We're going to make it. Warrior, warrior. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go.